are now listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your hosts, Mario E. and Kid. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Dad Rules Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mario E. and Kid. What's going on? Nothing much, man. Had a busy week this week, but I'm ready to get to this topic. Yeah, so today's topic is going to be don't judge a book by its cover. We're basically going to be talking about don't judge something or someone of their worth or their value just based off the outward appearance. All right. So I'll get started with that today. So, you know, we've all heard that statement before. You know, you probably heard it from your um, from your mother or you probably heard it from your school librarian or your English teacher or somebody. But I know we've all heard that statement before. So we wanted to kind of take a little deeper dive into that statement into that that idiom and kind of go through that. So, you know, one of the things I think about as as a dad, you know, you definitely want to make sure we're we're training our kids not to prejudge uh, things or people. You know, one of the, 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 the first things that comes to mind, of course, is books. And I also think about movies. And I think how many times has it been that you've you've been you know at the library or you know picking out books for you picking out books for your kids when they're when they're really small when they're just starting to learn and they may not want to read a certain book just because they see the cover of it or the vice versa they see the cover of a book and they may say oh wow I want to read this nice cool book and they really don't like it because someone or the the author put so much effort into the the design of the cover or the, the picture on the on the front page and the book is nowhere near what it what it should be. And yeah. we see the same thing today, even with movies, right? You know, how many times have you seen a trailer and you watch this trailer and you're like, oh wow, this movie's gonna be excellent. And then you watch the movie <laughs> and you pretty much saw the movie in the trailer. You yeah. know, how many times has that happened? You know, so those are, you know. Definitely opposite ends of the spectrum there, but I think it's um, that that particular instance is very very important that we teach our kids not to prejudge something or someone. Right, you know, uh, my son, I've talked about him plenty of times before, but he runs track, and it's it's always amazing to me how when you go to a track meet and you look at a kid and you look at him and you think oh, wow, that kid's probably going to win this race, you know, because Uh they look the part, you know, they're, you know, like it may be a 100 meter race or or whatever. And you look at it and you're like, that's the kid right there that's going to win because they, they're, they're tall, they're slender. They've got the big strides or whatever. And you see the, like the little short, heavier kid or whatever. And you're like, that kid's not going to do anything. And sometimes you're surprised. You know, yeah. and, and that's one of those things that, and you know, it was a recent track meet to where it was this one kid, I, I forget which age group this was, right? But I think they were probably about 10, 11 years old. And this one, you know, the gun goes off and it's a, it's a 400 meter race. And that's uh, anybody that knows anything about track, 400 meters is basically one lap around the entire track, right? So there's one kid, he jumps out in front of everybody. He's leading for about half the race. And that's the kid that probably everybody would have thought they had won. The kid that was in the end, that was that was at the at the very beginning, who was the last place, he came back and won that race. 
because everybody else ran out of gas. So it's one of those things where, hey, you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't go in automatically saying, oh, that's the person that's going to win just by looking at the outward appearance when in actuality, you shouldn't do that. You know, in, in this particular case with the track uh, meet that I was at, uh, the kid who didn't start off the fastest, you know, who maybe didn't look like he was going to finish the race first. He's the one that actually won the race. And I've seen the same thing with kids long jumping in track meets and things like that. The shortest kid wins. Yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you got to teach your kids to, you know, we've talked about it before as far as being prepared, but um, you've got to make sure that you're prepared to do your best, but don't judge someone. Don't prejudge just because of what you see. What do you yeah. think about that? And I've I've seen a lot of movies too that you look at the title of it, you possibly can even look at um, the previews and it's not very appealing at all. And then once you really get into that movie and then it has a good twist at the end, I love those movies that are like really suspenseful or maybe, you know, pretty mellow throughout the movie. And then at the end, it just has this huge turn of events and just has you just sitting there like, wow. So when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, we should teach our kids definitely not to look at people and then start prejudging them. Uh, but I do realize that stereotypes are real. And I think it's important for us to let our kids know and understand that stereotypes are real. And let them know that the way you carry yourself, the way you look, the way you dress, the way your hair is, your glasses that you wear, whatever makeup you wear or whatever the case is, whatever shoes you're wearing, people may judge you. So we need to be aware of that. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's what helps our kids in their development is to be aware of those stereotypes and really see how unfair they are. Yeah. How many times have you met a person that really didn't look like they were very knowledgeable about something? And then when they open their mouth, they have a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Very Absolutely. understanding of concepts that not many people understand. So that book, not judging a book by, not judging a book by its cover, I mean, that's deep. It's huge. Yeah. And it means a lot on so many different levels. Yeah. Um, I do feel like as fathers, when making our kids aware of those stereotypes, nobody wants to be judged. So in this way, we kind of, you treat people how you want to be treated. Goes back to that. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I'm glad we're talking about this because I really feel like it's something that we all, all fathers, need to talk to their kids about. Yeah. Yeah. So you you said, you know, about this is a deep topic. Mm -hmm. And I want to go a little bit deeper with this particular topic. So when I think about this, don't judge a book by its cover. I want to talk about race for a minute. Yeah. All right. And 
this is how I look at it. I think that everybody has some type of uh, maybe some unconscious bias, okay? Bias does not mean racist, okay? So let's let's get that out of the way first. Everybody may have some type of unconscious bias where you see something and that goes into your mind. Mm -hmm. And when you see it again, that reaffirms what it is that you saw. And so you may think that this may be like that, right? Um, it doesn't have to be about, now unconscious bias does not have to be about race, but that's kind of where, I, where I'm kind of going toward just a little bit. You know, I could, I could have a, an unconscious bias that uh, vegetables are disgusting mm -hmm. because I tried broccoli and didn't like it. And I tried uh, corn and didn't like it. So I may make a statement or whatever. I might have this bias that vegetables are disgusting, but I may taste a potato and I'm like, wow, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. You know? So everybody, you know, just because we, we keep those unconscious biases, I think sometimes, a lot of times because um, something happens to affirm or reaffirm how we feel about it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. A bit. Okay. So th that's how I kind of look at it. Right. And I think it's so important with the way the media is today sometimes and with access to social media that our kids have and things that they see and they're going to be uh, exposed to whether intentionally or unintentionally by friends or whatever and stuff that we teach them, you know, all people aren't the same, you yeah. know? And I could say, I could back that up and say all blank, fill in the blank of whatever type of people that it is aren't the same, yeah. you know? I could have a, uh, a bad experience with an Asian person, okay? But that doesn't mean all Asian people are bad people. That's true. Okay? I could have a negative experience with a white person. That doesn't mean all white people are bad people. Yeah. Um, I could have a negative experience with a fellow black person, but that doesn't mean all black people are this way. And I think it's very, very, very important that we teach our kids, you know, not to prejudge people just because of what, you know, someone else had just previously done. You know, I also look at it like this, you know, um, it's, and, and I think most guys, you would look at it in this way, okay? Mm -hmm. So like, if you, if you, if, if I just said something and, and, and you didn't like what I said, imagine this way, perhaps. Imagine that there was a girl who you were really, really attracted to, right? Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, her last boyfriend had just hurt her. And she was feeling a little, I don't know if I'm ready to get into a relationship with you because, you know, the last person that hurt me. And I guarantee you, most guys would probably, their, their retort, the comeback line to that girl because they really like her would be, well, I'm not like all these other guys. Yeah. Right? So my thing is, <laughs> dads, when you're teaching your kids 
about not prejudging. Use that same logic, right? That sounds like that, some game being spit there. I'm just saying, so, you know, use that same logic. Use that same logic when you're teaching your kids about race. And I, and, you know, some people may not want to talk to their kids about race. I, and I get that, right? You um, have to. But I think I think it's it's similar to if you don't, if you choose not to talk to your kids about controversial topics, if I choose not to talk to my son and my daughter about race, if I choose not to talk to them about sex, if I choose not to talk to them about whatever other controversial issue it could be, mm -hmm. they're going to get that information from somewhere. Yep. And it may be from a source that I disagree with. So it's incumbent upon me as the dad, as the father, to teach them the way that they should go, right? So I need to be talking to them about these things. And I think that, uh, you know, again, you know, don't prejudge, you know? And, and I think about it like this too, and you kind of mentioned it. Um, sometimes, you know, the things that we do could perpetuate a stereotype. It could make people feel a certain type of way. And, and you know, and I, I know I've talked to you about this off the pod, you know, off camera and all these things, but um, I'm very cognizant of stereotypes that black males have, plenty of yeah. them, right? You know, whether if it's the angry black man or, or the, the whatever, whatever it could be, right? you yeah, know ignorant yeah. or all we do is know about sports and all these different things right and i go back to what happened with uh trayvon martin about seven eight years ago right mm -hmm. and for the longest time you know i would not allow my son to go into a store with his hoodie on on his head wow. you know i i told him hey don't, don't, you know, take your hood off so people can see you, you know. And, you know, yeah. some people may feel like that, you know, I shouldn't have done that as a dad. But to me, at that particular time, I, I you know, I, I didn't, I wanted to make sure that my son was not seen. Again, he was only, you know, six, seven years old or whatever, or, or even younger than that. But, you know, I don't want, I didn't want him to be necessarily seen as a threat, you know, young black kid with a hoodie on, you know. Yeah. But that's that's just one of those things because I didn't want people to necessarily prejudge him, you know. Yeah, and that's that's sad that you know a situation like that can make you feel like you have to have that conversation that if he has his hood on that he may be looked at as a threat to someone else. But it's real. Mm -hmm. It's real. And I don't see anything wrong with you you saying that. If that's how you felt at that time, nobody can criticize you about how you feel. And you felt like that people may look at him like he is a threat because he has a hood on. As silly as it may seem. Yeah. But a young man was shot and killed. And I guess his hoodie has something to do with that person feeling like he was a threat to them, mm. which is sad. Yeah. But we, you said something important. We have to start being comfortable with having uncomfortable um, conversations. Absolutely. We have to start, time is out for 
being shy or nervous about talking to our kids about real topics. Mm-hmm. We have to be comfortable with talking about uncomfortable conversations. And like you said, you talked about a lot of different things that we have to talk to our kids about, and that's our responsibility yeah. to make sure that they are informed at the earliest of ages that they can understand. Yeah. About life. Um, us as fathers, we're we're our children's guide through life. And we in that capacity are a lifeline for our kids. That's right. And if we're not there to give them the information that they need, if we're not there to advise them. And like you said, they're going to get that information from somebody else that A, probably doesn't or may not know what they're talking about and then be against your views and your feelings on certain situations. Yeah. And probably who they're going to talk to about things are their peers. And their peers are going through life with them. Mm -hmm. So essentially you got... Children, at that point, if you're getting advice from somebody that is your peer and you're taking that advice to heart and you're using that advice, isn't that children raising children? Yeah. Yeah. Or the blind leading the blind, whichever one you want to say. I I would rather go with blind leading the blind. Yeah. 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 So we have to. I mean, it's not even a question. If you want your kids to have to potentially have the best outcome in life, it is our responsibility to show them the way. Yeah. Make sure that they get these concepts. Make sure that they understand that there are stereotypes out there and those stereotypes may not be in your benefit. Those stereotypes may not benefit you. So you need to be aware of how people may be seeing you. Yeah. And then the next step is fight those stereotypes and how do we fight those stereotypes with our actions consistency of our actions yes yeah yep so yeah because a lot of times stereotype is that if the stereotype is that you're ignorant or that you're dumb then we need to show people how intelligent you are but go at what point were you making no i was just going to say you know Anybody, everybody knows me knows I'm I'm short. I'm not tall. You're tall. I'm not tall. So you know, people may underestimate me about certain things because of that I'm shorter mm-hmm. or whatever, right? But I have to prove that I'm capable. You know, some people may perceive you or have a bias toward you, kid, that you're tall. That you know, you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm making up something like you know. Taller people aren't as smart as normal sized people or whatever. I'm just making it up, right? It could be anybody. And so you you have to prove to them by your actions, your consistent actions, that you are not a stereotype, that you're more than some bias that someone may have about yep. fill in the blank, whatever it is that you are or have or whatever. So yes, that's that's very good. Yeah. And we and, and before that, again, like you said, teach your kids not to prejudge people. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, another saying is all the glitters in gold, you know, so because, you (laughs) know, know, something that looks a certain way and you judged it to be that way, 
it may not be. And you 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 can't do that. Can 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 I say this? Um and I've seen so much in, in young people, you know, in the twenties and you hear what I'm saying, young people about people in their thirties. And it seems to me that at the end of the day, everybody wants to be loved. At the end of the day, people want to fall in love with somebody and spend the rest of their life with somebody. So how do you feel about us as parents? Is it our job to help them, not saying go and point them out, but shouldn't we be teaching our kids about the people that they're going to date or the people that they should look to try and date? And this, is, this doesn't happen at 20 years old. That's why when you start teaching them, shouldn't we teach them at an early age on this is how you should be treated? This is what you should look for in a significant other. When you get grown, then this is what you're going to look for. Not rushing your kids into relationships early on, but showing those examples at home, like with my son. I show him how a woman is to be treated at home. Mm -hmm. The way I treat my wife is the first lesson for him on how he's supposed to treat his significant other. That's right. And his mother is supposed to teach him what he should look for in a lady. That's right. If we don't teach them that, then they get into the dating pool and then they don't even have a clue on what they should be looking for. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Putting up with things that they should not be putting up with. Or having their standards too high and not being realistic. It goes both ways. It when does. you say everything that glitters is not gold, that also means, because, you know, as men, we're visual. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be with somebody unless we feel like they're pretty. Mm-hmm. We all have different tastes. We all think... <laughs> <laughs> you know, pretty may be one way to you, pretty may be one thing for me, but at the end of the day, we want somebody that looks nice to us. Mm-hmm. So when you said everything that glitters is not gold, that made me think of guys, when you're talking to your sons about girls and stuff like that, you need to make sure, hey, every pretty girl is not the one for you. Very true. Every pretty girl doesn't have what she needs on the inside. That's true. And even for our daughters, every good looking man might not have what they need on the inside. So I understand everybody wants somebody attractive. Everybody wants somebody that looks nice and looks good. But we need to teach them that the inside is what you got to live with for the rest of your life. Because the looks and stuff are going to fade away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's be clear and honest about that. The looks are not going to stay the same forever. I was Mm -hmm. interested to see your point of view on that because I know you have a daughter that is in college and you have a preteen. So you're a lot closer to giving advice on love life and dating 
and things of that sort. So I just want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, th I think you you brought up some really good point points. Um, you know, definitely, <laughs> definitely that that's something that uh, uh, it's is definitely important that we teach our kids those things, and you have to make sure that you teach your kids the right way to be. You have to, you have yeah. to remember to do those things. Yeah, cause I, I'm sitting here thinking and as you were talking, you, you was talking about, you know, all the glitter's not gold and you know, the way guys tend to see things. Yeah, man, it's, <laughs> I, I, I could go so many different directions with that, man. Oh, man. I, I really could. I really could. I really could. And it's. How many times have you seen a beautiful woman? And when she opened her mouth. Now, I'm not talking about teeth. I'm yeah. talking about the words that came out of her mouth. Yeah. You were like, I'm good. Yeah. God, yeah. Good. You can yeah. go where you want to go, but not right. with me. Right. And then, you know, and I, I appreciate the teaching that, you know, I received, you know, you know, fatherly wisdom and stuff like that to, to help me understand that it's not always about what's on the outside, you know. Mm -hmm. So and I, and I appreciate I appreciate those uh, those moments when I got that advice. And I know you were a person that, that got that advice as well. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's uh, and, you know, of course, like you said, we need to teach our daughters the, the exact same thing. You know, I, I, I tell my daughter, you know, to make sure that, um, you know. When you're, you know, like dating and, you know, you boys and all these types of things, you know, make sure that it's someone who's going to respect you. You know, they may be, uh, you know everybody you know has certain looks that 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 they want to have in a, in a person but it's more than just what's on the outside it's also what's on the inside that matters and if they they got to treat you with respect and treat you like a lady the lady that you are and you behave like a lady and that's something that I'm I'm glad to see you know with my daughter my son you know he's definitely preteen and we've definitely had conversations about you know you know, little girls and this, that, and the other. He's not, he's, you know, he, he, of course, you know, he thinks he's got his picks of girls who he thinks are cute. But as far as like right now, he's not into like, you know, I need to have me a girlfriend right now. But, you know, I, when I'm, when I'm able to, when it's not too embarrassing for him, you know, cause he's kind of at that age where we talk about it, of course. But again, like you said, you can't shy away from those conversations. You know, he and I, we've yeah. had conversations about, about sex already, you know, just like basic stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you've got to have the conversation with them because why? You know, um, you never know what they're going to hear at school. Yeah. You never know what they may end up, you know, stumbling upon, you know, or coming across their feed or whatever, if they're on YouTube watching a video, they could be watching something funny and innocent. And you know how sometimes these algorithms go on some of these social media platforms or whatever, and no. something comes across as, whoa. And you know, it's it can be like that, but uh, 
yeah, man, you, you have to teach your kids, you know, it's not all about what's on the outside that counts, you know, it's on what's, what's on the inside matters just as much, you know, if not more, you know, somebody's moral compass and what they're about and, you know, what they believe in, uh, you know, spiritually and those types of things, right? That's, that's all important as well, you know, not just if someone is a 10 or a six that's yeah. okay <laughs> yeah i understand where you come from and i feel like we have to especially to like being older an older parent or whatever you have more experience in, in things than your kids do and i understand you can tell your kids all day long this is not the person for you or i don't approve of this person or whatever the case is, um, just because sometimes you just can get that vibe and you know mm -hmm. that person might not be about some something. And then two, and we talked about this before with like dating for marriage and some people are just dating to date. But when you're dating with marriage, you're dating for, with purpose. So you're going to attract certain type of people. And when you come in contact with somebody and you know that you're marriage minded and they're not, that could be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So if you pick up something like that, I feel like it's our responsibility as parents to tell our kids how we feel about the situation and then they make their decision from there. Um, they get to a certain age where there's nothing that you really can do about, about it, but you have to tell them. You can't just have a hands-off approach in these situations because, well, dad, you saw it. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I wanted you to learn, learn on your own. And then here we are two or three kids later, you know, in, in, a, in a marriage that, you know, neither one of the people are happy. Dad, why didn't you tell me what you saw before? You know, you don't want to be in those situations. You want to help prevent those situations. You want, them to find somebody that they can be happy with, um, just like you're happy with your wife, you know? Right. And uh, that's that's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're going to get mad. Sometimes they're not going to want to talk to you. Sometimes they're going to storm off. They're going to speed off in their car. You might get a, I hate you. But as dads, we got to take it. Yeah. I appreciate now. I definitely appreciate now all the times where, and, and this is just not from, you know, my, my, my dads, but even from uncles and, and older people giving me wisdom, dropping knowledge on me to say, Hey, you shouldn't think about that. You shouldn't think about this like that. You know, no. you should feel like this. And I appreciate those all so much now every single piece of advice i ever got from an uncle um shout out to all my uncles um shout out to my my dads and anybody who ever dropped wisdom on me when i was younger mm -hmm. even when i didn't want to receive it and i didn't want to hear it i i salute every last one of you uh because it made me a better person and even though i didn't want to hear it at the time i can reflect back on it now and they were telling me the right things. I just wanted to be, I wanted to be grown. 
That's yeah. as simple as that. And, you know, dads, you know, think about it. You know, sometimes, you know, you probably went through situations like that. Um, and so um, make sure you have a rapport with your kids to where you can always talk to them and they can always talk to you. And sometimes, you know, just like maybe it happened with you, uh, you may not want to hear, you didn't want to hear certain advice at the time, but you were appreciative that someone took the time to give it to you later on, I'm sure. And so yeah. we've got to do the same thing with our own kids and don't let them getting their feelings hurt or getting upset or the fear that they may get their feelings hurt or upset. We've got to hold up a standard and we got to do the right thing. Can't be concerned about feelings. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to end up situation where, you know, uh, you know, they're a lot older and they're like, man, I wish you had told me this dad. I wish yeah. you had said that, you know, and, you know, I wish you had told me the, the dangers of filling the blank. Right. And We've got to do that as dads. We've got to have those tough conversations. Um, sometimes it can be the conversation itself could be tough by, you know, the, the material. Or sometimes we could perceive it to be tough or it could be tough because the, the reception that we may get or the resistance that we may get. But we've got to have those conversations. We've got to. You're a leader. You're equipped to do this. You were entrusted to help raise a child. And we're raising the next generation of our legacy. And it's important that we tell them the truth about yeah. those. And we have to do that. And I, man, I can remember, it's funny now, man. I can remember a few times, I can remember a few times that my mom, I would like to say, you're looking at that book and you judging it by its cover. Cover looks good. Mm -hmm. but you haven't cracked that book open and started really reading what's really there. Yeah. So I know a few times that my mom told me, like, look, that's not the one. And I know plenty of stories of guys and, and girls that had their mom or their dad tell them that, and they just said, no, you're wrong about this, and they went ahead and did it, and it just went south. But like mm -hmm. with me, when I act, when I my, my mom and I didn't ask for it. My mom gave her own opinion on it, and it was a few times she said she's not the one. She's out there, but this one is not it. It's no substance there. Yeah. All that jelly, no toast. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> and I don't know what it was about me, man, but like I took my parents' advice. I don't know if it was because they were married for so long and I saw the success in their marriage and that's what I wanted. I don't know if it was because I saw um, marriages that, that were on the rocks. I saw marriages that weren't successful and I knew when I chose my wife, I was going to have to pick the right one. So like when my mom told me that, like I took that to heart, man. I took it to heart and um, it helped me. It helped me. So if it helped me, 
by listening to my parents, then it's going to help your kids by you. Because I'm telling you, and like you said, Dad, you are equipped. You might not feel like you are, but you got enough experience. You've been around enough, like in our circle of friends, you, you've been around enough good guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to say that there are bad guys out here because I feel like, you know, well, it's going to be, some guys are not relationship material. I'll just say it like that. They're, they're not good with relationships. You know, everybody can get better, but some people are just not good with it. And you can see it and you can point it out. And just if your kids just listen to you, you could save them a lot of heartache. Yeah. But it 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 takes, like you said, talking to them early. You can't wait till they're 16 years old. Yeah. You can't, you can't start talking to them about relationships and what to look for and stuff like that. You can't start talking to them when you see them at 16 years old and they're walking with their boyfriend or their girlfriend to your car when you pick them up out of school. Yeah. It needs to be, that conversation needs to be early. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't hit you sideways because by the time you find out, you don't know what didn't happen. Right. You know, so. Exactly right. You definitely have to, um, I would say, be proactive when it comes to having those conversations and building that relationship and you can build that relationship and that relationship trust on other things. It doesn't have to have anything to do with a relationship. It can have something to do with your bond with each other and the trust y'all have in that bond where your child can tell you things that they don't tell everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that trust is there. And once you build it in other areas of their lives, when you get to this relationship piece and you say, you know I love you. You know I wouldn't tell you nothing that would hurt you. Then you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm telling you, this is what the consequences. Consequences A, B, C, and D. Okay, if you don't listen. But if you do listen, A, B, C, and D is gonna happen for you. The good A, B, S, A, B, C, D. Yeah. It's gonna happen for you. Yeah. You know, you know I, I think about this, right? And and you when you said this just now, it made me think about it, right? So a lot of times, you know, you know, I, I think what we're doing right here, right now, you know, we're, we're dropping some of the same wisdom uh, that we received, you know, and a lot of times people think wisdom is all about just knowing this and you know that, and, you know, like, you know, sometimes people look at wisdom as just being some some old guru or some, you know, super spiritual person, or if you watch movies a lot, you think wisdom is all about like, you know, Master Yoda from, from Star Wars, right? <laughs> no, seriously, right? That's how people kind of perceive wisdom as just like this all knowledgeable type person or being or so to speak, right? But you just said it, wisdom, is more about listening than anything, right? And being able to say, okay, they're talking good right here, okay? They're giving me some good good stuff that I need to pay attention to, you know? That is wisdom. Yeah. You know, I mean, because 
as as you get older, you learn more things, you know things or whatever. But wisdom is also just as important. Listening, you know, to me is like, okay, that's that's the wisdom, you know, is listening, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to say that real quick. And um just to go back to, you know, talking about that book and its cover. And I feel like one of the places that you can really learn how to get to know people first before you start trying to judge and really see what kind of person they are. And the place that I learned this the most, and like I said, I felt like my parents did a great job with raising me. But the place I really learned that from was college. I got a story when I went to college, my roommate and I we moved in on campus on move-in day. And my roommate was African-American and I'm African-American. And we had sweet mates who were two white guys. And we were just going around, just checking out our rooms because you have one room on one side, then you have a joint bathroom that you share with the next room. So you got two rooms with a bathroom in the middle. So we can get it, we can go into the bathroom from one door and then go into their room, right into their room from another door. Okay. okay? So you, you gotta coexist. We got to college, we went over there just to kind of greet them because the door was open and they weren't there. And on their wall was a Confederate flag. I'm not here to tell you how to feel about Confederate flag. I'm not here to tell you what a Confederate flag means to me or what it means to you. I'll leave that up for you. Each individual person. But back then, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't feel good about it. I always had a bad feeling about it. And when I saw that flag on their wall, I automatically went into defense mode. And me and my roommate, we had a discussion. Like, we're going to have some problems this year. Hmm. And it wasn't anything that I could see past that. It's like, we're really going to have some problems with these guys this year. So the day went on. We ended up meeting the guys or whatever. They seemed cool, but your guard is still up. You got a Confederate flag on your wall, man. Ain't nothing for us to talk about. Right? Right. right. And as the year went on, and they were our sweet mates for about two years. And when I can tell you those were two of the nicest, friendliest guys that you ever would meet. And we had so much fun with them. Coming from two different backgrounds. They were nothing like us, man. <laughs> nothing like us. But we got along just fine. We never had an argument. We never had a disagreement. 
and I've never felt any hatred from them whatsoever. Now, I'm not here speaking for everybody and how they feel about the flag, but I can tell you for a fact that these two white gentlemen, that's not how they felt about it. Now, I understand other people, they take it a different, they handle it a different way. It means a lot different for them, but I'm just saying these two white males that I know or knew, they had no hatred in their hearts. But what if I hadn't have decided to open that book? What if I just decided to look at the cover of that book? Yeah. I wouldn't have never known how great of guys they were. Right. And I mean, as sweetmates, it's like, just give you an example of college, man. Sweetmates is like, it's 12 o'clock at night, the calf is closed. You got some oodles and noodles that I can have because we didn't ran out of food. We're not going to the store till tomorrow. It's like that. Yeah, yeah I got a pack for you. Come get it. You know what I'm saying? That's a sweetmates. Yeah. You know, you, you got to kind of be on the same page with them, you know? Yeah. And um, I just wanted to share that because I just hate that people judge people without getting to know them. And if we all just knew each other or took time to get to know each other, I feel like this world would just be a better place because we would realize how much we have in common and we would stop looking at the differences and pay more attention to what we have in common. Well said. Well said. You got anything else? No, sir, I don't. Okay. Well, let's go to the Axe Dad. Um, this this Axe Dad is pretty special to me. Um, we're actually going to be talking about our proudest dad moment. Um, it's graduation season. It's a lot of parents out there being very proud of their kids. And um, I just wanted to ask you, uh, what what do you think your proudest dad moment was? Hmm. Proudest dad moment. I would say that. Uh, so, so both both my uh, my son and my daughter, they're both black belts in Taekwondo, mm -hmm. and I was definitely proud that uh, they both uh, got through that grueling uh, two and a half, close to three year process of you know finally getting their black belts. It was a lot of you know. A lot of times at class, a lot of times practicing at home, going through various different forms and all that. Those those were definitely two things that they both did uh, pretty uh, close to each other. Uh, I think uh, my son got his one month and then I think like a month later, my daughter got hers. But that was a moment I was definitely proud to see them. You know, they stuck with something. It was grueling. It was tough. Uh, took a lot of memorization and just learning. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I've kind of went back to to try to use as a teaching lesson for them that, hey, you know, hard work pays off, that, that type of thing. So I was definitely proud of them for that moment. Um, um, so that, that's something they both did. I was definitely proud last year. Um, I'd say probably the proudest as far as like with my daughter. I was definitely proud when she graduated high school because that's another big milestone type thing, right? Um, where, you know, all of the, 
the moving around that we had done as a family. And, you know, it finally, you know, wrapped itself up and, you know, she was able to graduate high school and, you know, she started college now, you know. So I was definitely proud to see her and see her progress and, you know, coming into, you know, her own as an, as an adult, a young adult woman. Uh, my son, I was also definitely proud of him of, you know, uh, his first year making track. Uh, he was fortunate enough to do really well at a regional tournament and uh, he placed to be able to go to junior Olympics. And I was definitely proud of him for doing that. I think anytime, you know, most, most dads will say with their sons, if it's something sports related, you know, they're kind of proud because, you know, we, we, we like to see that. Right. So I'd, I'd say for me, those, those being the, the main ones, get, seeing them both get their black belts in Taekwondo and then my, my daughter graduating and then my son uh, getting an opportunity to go to junior Olympics in track and field. So I, I was, I was, I was definitely proud of those two. Definitely. And I, I try to use those, both of those situations as teaching examples of perseverance and hard work and dedication, those things pay off. Okay, so when we thought about this, um, ask dad, it's a lot of things to think about. Think about his first words. Think about first time walking, crawling. Um, think about using the potty for the first time. Cause you know, I'm, my son's a little young. He, he'll be four at the end of this month. So, you know, I, I haven't gotten to the black belt and the graduation stage, but my son, he did graduate um, from his preschool program um, this week, and he's going to pre-K. So yeah. he's actually going to be in big boy school. Yeah. So we're we're excited about that. I definitely was proud of him on that day. Um, but I, when I really thought deep about it, I, I started to think about, I wanted to take it a step further uh -huh. and look at it from a different angle um, and me being proud, my proudest dad moment. And this week we actually had a proud, I had a proud dad moment. And this week I, was able to graduate with my master's degree. And I actually graduated like in December, 2019, and I was supposed to graduate spring 2020, but we know 2020 was a little crazy with COVID and everything. So it kind of got pushed back another year. So I was able to finally graduate this year. We'll actually go through the process of graduation, um, you know, in person. And there, my nephew, he graduated with his bachelor's degree from the same university. And um, my mother-in-law, she graduated with her master's degree from the same university. And we actually all were able to graduate um, at the same time. Um, That's my awesome. nephew actually went to, he went physically to school there, like on campus and we went, um, you know, online. And I say it's my proudest dad moment because we're all family. And my son was able to see it. He was actually able to see it. 
Now, he may not be able to remember everything. He's young. Like I said, he's about four years old. He might not be able to remember the day, but we took pictures. And one day I'll be able to tell him, see this picture here? That's your grandmother. That's your dad. And that's your big cousin. And we all graduated. And I started thinking about the legacy that was put into place on that day that he was yeah. actually able to witness that. Yeah. And I just, it just made me feel like it's, it's, it's some great things that's coming his way. He's going to accomplish some great things in his life. And, you know, he has a legacy to uphold. Not saying it's pressure behind that, but it's something definitely that he can strive toward. Yeah. He can pull up by. So that really made me feel proud. And I was just glad that he was able to see it. Of course, sometimes I think, I say, man, I should have got my master's degree right after my bachelor's when I was like 23 or whatever. But it's it's a sweet moment because if I had to did that, then my son wouldn't be able to see it himself. Yeah. And who knows, he might graduate from that same university one day. Um, so that that really made me feel good as a dad. It yeah. really did. And um yeah, that's my that's my proudest dad moment to the date. Yeah. That's awesome though, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Well, looks like that's all we got for today. Uh we thank you guys for joining us. The Dad Roots Podcast. We want you to like, subscribe, comment, share, get the word out there. Hope you enjoyed it. Mario E. and Kid signing out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your host, Mario E. and Kid. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Breaker, and Player FM. Till next time.